1: I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and I am excited to be here as I am every week to talk about money and finances and answer questions that people have asked me about finances and their money because the reason we exist here uh at Financially Speaking is to help people understand what their stuff is because it looks complicated from the outside when you're not in the financial world and I know Uh, We as an industry are guilty of making it look complicated, but I truly believe that we as an individual can understand all of our stuff anytime, all the time with whatever it is we're dealing with. Sometimes it's a little bit scary and I get clients come in and, and they're concerned or they're scared about uh what their stuff is and how to understand their stuff or where their stuff is. Um and we just work through whatever it is that's theirs. We don't need to understand what our neighbors are doing and what the lifestyles of the rich and famous people are doing on TV. We just need to understand our stuff. So I absolutely believe that we can do that. And that's why I'm here. That's why during the day my my real my secret identity during the day is as a financial advisor and as a bookkeeping uh a company owner so my finance practice we do bookkeeping and we do investments and insurance and we do incorporations which is what we're going to talk about tonight because some people have asked me do i should i when do i what's incorporation so that's where i thought tonight you know what i've had people ask about it and i always encourage people to write in and ask me uh, either questions or specifically give me ideas that they want the show to be about because i'm happy to do that because if you are asking that question or thinking of that question, I guarantee you at least 10 other people you know are thinking the same thing. So I have had a few show requests come in, and I am trying my best to get them all out as quickly as I can so that we can all tackle those questions together. And uh, one of them was actually about youth and money. And one of them, uh, we talked about uh, incorporation was one of them. I've had different, various different people that have been through a divorce of some kind, either divorce of a marriage, divorce of a partnership, divorce of a a business transaction, family member, divorce, whatever the case is. And we talk about that. So all these topics that I've been sent, I love it. I appreciate it. Please keep sending them and let me know what it is that is keeping you up at night or causing you stress so that we can take that away and help you with it. Um that is our intention here at financially speaking and generally at the Inspired Choices Network. We're here to help people live their better life and really share their gifts with the world. And you can do that by becoming a host, by the way. And you can have as much fun as we do and work with some pretty cool people who are producers and and our our boss here, <laughs> she that runs the station, Christine, who's fantastic and so easy to talk to and get along with. And if you're sitting out there thinking, geez, I could do this or or I could do this better than Kathy. Well, you probably could. So call Christine and get yourself in here and get yourself a show and, and share your gifts with the world so that you can help other people. And that is just about who we are. So we're going to talk tonight on the show about incorporation. I get asked this quite a bit, actually about what it is and when should I do it and what does it mean? And how does it cost? What does it cost and all that cool stuff. And, uh, I'm going to share some of that with you. I mean, we've, we're going to spend some time together tonight, and we're going to talk about it, but uh, I'm just doing the highlights. Remember, everybody's different, as is your financial situation. Everybody is different, and everybody is special and unique in their own way and rightfully should have their own plan and should have their own eyes, somebody's eyes on their own stuff instead of just doing a sweeping comment. But for the show, I'm just going to give you a general idea about a So let's start with... Um, what it is, actually. What is, what does it mean to be incorporated? And what exactly does that do to your business? We'll talk about that. And what does it do to your bottom line and your costs? Because, of course, if we're in business, that's what we want to know about. And even if you're not in business, you're thinking of becoming a business, or maybe you've got a, a small uh, home-based business that you're looking at growing or doing something with, or maybe you work for somebody as an employee. And are they incorporated? Are they a sole pr- proprietor? Are they a partnership? We're going to talk about those differences too tonight because how it's set up in the structure, it definitely will affect you. So you might want to know just for information. So let's talk about what is an incorporated business. An incorporated business, if you think of it like this, when you have a baby, the baby is, you have a little baby boy or a little baby girl and that baby has, and gets named. It has its own birth date, and it starts to develop its own culture and characteristics and identity, and that's very similar to when you become a corporation. You have a birth date, which is an incorporation date. You develop an identity because you're named. Now you're given a legal name. It's documented, just like on a birth certificate, only in our case it's going to be called an article of incorporation, and you start to develop a culture and ideas and values, and the company starts to grow just like a baby, and it grows and becomes older, and as it becomes older, it ex- it might expand its family and get married and have children of its own. An incorporated company might expand and add board of directors, more employees, new locations. So I like to think of an incorporated business as just like a baby. It all starts one day at one time and has its own birthday. So that means that a corporation becomes its own identity. So to get more into what an incorporation is, let's talk about the type of business structures you could have. A most popular one and common one that we all know and, and see and probably love is the sole proprietorship. That is a person with an individual that is the basic structure of the business they're the one that starts the business they're the one that runs the business they're the ones you talk to about payment they're the one that does the development the marketing the sole proprietor is the one who is the identity of the business and it can be any size it can be a corner market store like a variety store it can be a large warehouse it can be a service it can be like a service like a bookkeeping company for example it can be um, an individual like a financial advisor, those could be sole proprietorships. Um I'm an incorporated company, so I can explain to you how it works as we go along. Um, the the sole proprietor is meant to be um, uh very simple very simple structure so you have one owner and that means that owner is responsible for everything and that and a sole proprietor is that just that one soul, one person. And they are responsible for everything. They sign on the dotted line. They're also responsible and liable if there's a problem. So the liability falls on with them. So when we look at things, we want to look at whether or not we're going to incorporate. We want to look at the reasons why. We want to look at the cost to do so. Uh, We want to look at what tax implications there could be. Because in my world, there's always tax implications. So we always have to look at them. And in everybody else's world, there's always tax implications. They just don't always have it at front of mind. So that's what we're going to look at. So as sole proprietor, there's no separate legal entity status. So it's not like you had a baby and that baby is now on its own. This is it. You are the baby and you have not incorporated. You just started your business. So that's one type of business structure. The second type of business structure we talk about is a partnership. And a partner is more than one person. So there could be two friends, three friends, a sister and a two sisters or, you know, three neighbors that got together and said, "Hey, we want to do this business and we think we'll work well together and they become partners in the business." Now, this is where it's it's really cool because there's always You know, people think that finance is boring sometimes, and I can't imagine, but some people think finance is boring or business is boring, and and there's so many options and uh, possibilities and opportunities in it. Well, a partnership is one of those. So a partnership can be uh, you and me as friends, just doing our – we decided we're going to get into business, and, and we've been cutting lawns, and now we're partners together, and we've got our lawn cutting business, and there we have it. Or it could be we're going to partner, two companies are going to partner. And for example, the, you'll see right now we're probably seeing a lot of attention with Beyond Meat, the company, partnering with local businesses like Dunkin' in the States, in the United States, with Tim Hortons in Canada. So they're partnering and becoming partners to share their products. So they're partners. They're individuals, but they partner together. Um, and when I say use those examples with Beyond Me, those are very simple. That's a very simple concept because what they're doing is a lot more complicated than just um, they're not true, true partners. They have partnered on a particular selling item. But in a true partnership, we are um, either equal partners like 50-50 or we could be partners where I get 40%, you get 60% or any combination of 100%. So there's a opportunities there you can have the partnership is shared which means income debt liability so if there's a problem and we're 50 50 partners then i have 50 percent of the debt responsibility the liability and so do you so those are things that we want to consider and when would we do a partnership well it depends on what kind of business you're doing and it depends on what kind of taxes tax bracket you're in it depends on what your goal is overall um, one of the dangers of an unlimited direct liability is for all the partners uh, involved because they are now directly, are, we are directly liable. So if my partner goes off and does something wild and crazy, then I'm still responsible if something happens and vice versa. If I go off and do something wild and crazy and get a suit, then my partner is really still responsible for it. So that's why partnerships, you have to know who you're going into partnership with and have realistic expectations of where you want the business to go. So there is also different tax advantages of partnerships over a sole proprietor, um, but there's also different tax bonuses, I guess we'll call it, or advantages for um, incorporated businesses, which we'll talk about. So some of the incorporated type business structures, so those ones are unincorporated, the sole proprietor and the partner, the partnership. Now, if we incorporate a business, we could have a joint venture, and that's between two or more parties um, to undertake an economic activity together. So this actually would be really more legally aligned with the Beyond Meat and the, the Duncan or Beyond Meat and Tim Hortons, because they're both legal entities, they're both legal structures, and they've come together as a joint venture. So this is actually... It wasn't they're not a great example of a partnership, but they are a much better example of a joint venture because they're the ones that will come together and they have a specific reason to come together. They create They. They. I don't know if they've created a new entity where they said um, we're going to have this one particular company together and they share in revenues, expenses, control of the enterprise. I don't know how they structured it, but just to give you an idea of how those things work, I'm using them. Um, it can be for a specific product or a project. It can be for an ongoing relationship. Um, It's it depends on what you're coming together to do, but a joint venture means we are coming together to take on this venture together, and however we lay it out is what the implementation is going to be like. Then we have a limited partnership. So a limited partnership is one or more uh, individual partners, and it is set up to form a legal separate entity. So... How do we do this? A limited partnership is the main concern, first of all, is it's usually to protect uh, liability for, and the ability to distribute funds to the shareholders. And the shareholder is the person who owns the shares in the company, which in this case, a limited partnership that will be however many number of partners. They each have so many shares. And we're going to do uh, to intentionally limit the liability liability that they're exposed to. Now, these partners, they're responsible for the daily operations. And they're personally liable for the obligations and the debt. So we want to absorb this liability. A corporation or a limited liability company is most often used. And that is because it's in the name, a limited liability. We want to limit the liability. So that is another option. There's just so many. This is why it's so fun. We have a limited liability company, which is similar as a partnership, only we're dealing with companies now instead of individuals. Now in the there's another one called a C corp. It's an incorporated business structure and it's also a separate legal entity that's distinct from its owners and it can this one can engage in business all by itself. It can open bank accounts, it can enter into legal commitments, it can sign contracts, it can establish credit cards. It can even establish um and have its own credit identity theft. Credit identity I mean. Um no, you can't steal their identity because it's a company, (laughs) but you can definitely steal their credit. Um, One of the big advantages of a separate entity is the corporation is known as a shareholder and they have limited liability protection. So that means their personal assets, and this is the big one for a lot of people, that their personal assets are secure or safe from the corporation. So if you're an individual and a partnership or a partnership and you have no limit of liability which means you're exposed as a, as a sole proprietor or a partnership that means if you get a legal issue to come up then you can be personally responsible for it you can be personally sued and in a corporation we're limiting that so with all that fun and excitement and leaving on that exciting note let's take our first break and we will continue to talk about corporations and what we do and how to, when we do what we do and why we do what we do. So let's take our first break. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host. That's me, Kathy Cook-Noble. We will be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host. Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'm excited to be here with you and talk all things financial all the time. Whenever people have questions, I'm excited to answer them. So always feel free to write in, call in, uh, join us in the chat room on the network.com or even just if you don't want to talk directly to us or directly to me, you can always email and send me a request to do a show or do a topic or answer a question and I'm happy to do that too. So What we talked about before our first break was we're talking about incorporations tonight. And we talked about the first couple that are unincorporated, like a sole provider or a partnership. And then we've talked about the limited liability company, a limited partnership, and then a C corporation. There's one, and this applies for the United States. So those of you that live in the U.S., this is actually for you guys because an S corporation, it's an incorporated business. But it's formed with subchapter S of the Internal Revenue Code, so that's where it gets its name. And it's limited to 100 shareholders in most states, and it provides for the limited liability of a standard company, and it couples it with uh, some taxation of a partnership. So it's kind of like a hybrid, if you will. Now that one is um, available as a as a structure for the, the United States people. So you may or may not have a, an S structure. Of your own company or you may be considering it um, and these are all the ones that we say what actually works for you because there's obviously not one size fits all there's all kinds of different options then there's another one it's a professional corporation it's also an incorporated business and it's formed by people individuals or groups of individuals and these are for what would otherwise be excluded from uh corporate forming forming a corporation. So a professional corporation, as you're probably thinking, it would be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, people like that. Um, And it varies by state to state and by province to province in how they can be formed. But professional corporations um, provide a lot of the same legal liability shields and tax benefits that traditional corporations do. Obviously, if it's a professional corporation and you're joining a uh, you're going to form a professional corporation as a doctor. You have to be a doctor, <laughs> so there is some restrictions obviously to who who can have the doctor be a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, engineer, all those types of people. That's who it's who it's specifically for. So if you're if you're not one of those people, then that's not going to be the right kind of corporation for you. Then we have what's called a non-profit corporation, also an incorporated uh, entity or identity. And it takes on transactions very similarly as a a normal profit corporation would be. But this one is a non-profit company. So the purpose of this is a lot of it is to do with shielding you from the liability that could come up, which you'll hear me talk about a lot tonight because a lot of incorporation has to do liability and the legal protection of it. And in this case, a non-profit corporation, so they're not... On, their goals are not the same, their structure is not the same as a corporation, but it does have some, some of the similar characteristics like the protection of liability um, from shareholders, similar to a uh, corporation. Um, it it can actually generate profits, but it's not a primary purpose. So that's where you look at the differences. And, and we all know just from the name not-for-profit or non-profit corporations, we can think of, I'm sure... Five or six can pop to your mind without much thought at all. So those are some of the different structures that we talk about when we talk about incorporations. Now, when I talk to people, because I'm not a lawyer, I don't pretend to be a lawyer, I don't play a lawyer on TV, (laughs) um, and I recommend if people need a lawyer for certain things, they absolutely should go talk to a lawyer. Uh, But in our world of finance, we deal with all kinds of different businesses. And in our bookkeeping uh, firm, we deal with different kinds of companies be it not for profit, be it um corporations, sole proprietors, partnerships. We have a full spectrum of people that we work with, so we need to know the differences. You are in your particular business and circumstance, you don't need to know all the differences because you only need to know what works for you. Very 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 much the same in your finances. You don't need to know what everybody else is doing or how everybody else is doing it. In, in the sense where you need to, to compete or anything, you might want to know because hey, maybe somebody's doing something a little bit different that might be better for you or somebody's doing something that you didn't know you could do. And that's why these conversations I I think are always so important. Because if I find out that um another business is doing a very similar thing that I'm doing, but they've implemented uh, you know, they they've incorporated or their partners or whatever the case is and I think that is wow, that would work better for me, I should look into that, Then I'm going to do that. It's the same thing with people when I talk to them about their finances. And they think, oh, you look on Facebook and their neighbors are doing all these great things. they got all these wonderful vacations and they're buying boats and all this new cars and everything else. Then I say, well, we don't really know their circumstances unless we sit down and actually talk to them. But we do know yours. And we know that maybe you want to buy a boat and go on more vacations so we can structure a plan that makes sense for you that fits that. So we don't know necessarily what everybody else is doing, and that's what I always like to remind people, um, because it is really important, and it is so easy <laughs> nowadays to compare yourself to whether or not you've got the right kind of shoes or the right car or the right vacation or your kids are in the right school, and it's it's really, really impossible to keep up with that stuff, and, and honestly, it's not real anyway. Like, the stuff people post, pictures of their um, vacations, yeah, that's great, but you don't know what how much they went into debt to get there. Same with business. You don't know how much people are in debt. You don't know what their sales are like. You don't know what their circumstances are like, unless it's a publicly traded company. And that's one of the last ones of types of businesses I wanted to mention. We all know publicly traded companies. They're the ones that are listed on the stock market, the stock exchange. One of the exchanges, whether it's the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, doesn't matter. It's listed somewhere where you can buy a little piece of them. So you buy what's called a stock or you can buy stocks inside of funds. And that means that there's no one particular person who owns the company, but there's definitely people who run it. So for example, we all know Amazon, we all know Disney, we all know McDonald's, we all know, well, we're starting to all hear Pope Beyond Me, And these are all companies that are traded publicly. That means the public owns them. They're all companies, they're all incorporated, they all have um, people that run them, like there's a the chief executive officer, a CEO, if you will. But it's not owned by the CEO. It's not in a typical business. When you meet a court an a uh, company that is a corporation, you typically will say the CEO or the person running it is probably the owner, probably the founder, or or at least if it's an older company, it might be related, right? As a private corporation, but a public corporation, typically it's not run by the person who found it, it's not run by the same, even the same family necessarily. Like Walmart is not necessarily run by the Waltons, the um, Disney, not necessarily the head of the company is a Disney, so, and it's not, so those are things, those are the differences with publicly traded. Why would people go public? Exactly, there's all kinds of questions, there's all kinds of reasons about taking a company public, there's all kinds of requirements when you take a company public. Um, and it changes some of your accounting reporting. So the cool thing about any of this stuff, all of this stuff actually, is it, it's all about business and it's all about your business or it's all about whatever size of business you want to be. The difference is how the structure is, how it's, how it's set up legally and how it's set up with your accounting because your accounting changes when it becomes a corporate. So if you're a sole proprietor, you just started your your crafts in your basement, you're a sole proprietor, and then you're growing, you're to a point where you've decided it's time to incorporate. You're still doing your crafts, but you might have added staff and stuff. Now your accounting's going to change, your legal structures change because you incorporate. Then you grow to a like Michael's, the craft store, for example, and you've grown to that size. Now you might take it public, and now you're going to be a publicly traded company. You're still doing the same service or the same products, but it's the way that it's being presented now through legal and accounting procedures. So that's the way I like to think of it. We can all be. Amazon started in Jeff Bezos' basement. Disney started in Walt Disney's garage. Apple started in Steve Jobs' parents' garage. Like all these huge publicly traded companies that we now know, they all started as sole proprietors. And then they went through the same progression of growth and became incorporated and then they became publicly traded and and on and on and on. And then here we know them as... Amazon, Disney, and Apple. So it's just that easy, right? So if you want to have a Disney or an Amazon or an Apple, that's all you got to do. Just start. Maybe in your basement or your parents' garage. So those are the different kinds of companies and different kinds of incorporations or or unincorporated structures, if you will. Um uh, that I wanted to share about tonight so that we understand the different kinds and maybe now we can see where we fall. So you might be thinking, well, am I a partnership or am I a sole proprietor? Well, you think you're a partnership because you got somebody working with you but you own all the shares of the company and you're 100% responsible in any liability issue, you're a sole sole proprietor. But if you have a best friend that you've gone into business with and you each put money in and you're each responsible and you each have 50% of shares, it's a partnership. If you're a registered incorporated company, then you are a corporation. You're an incorporated company. And that means it—that's that's your baby that you've now given its own identity to and its own name and its own legal date that it came into existence. So that becomes a corporation. So those are ways that you can really just check and see what you are and check and see what you want to be. So we're coming up to our second break of the night, And when we come back, I want to talk about um, why you incorporate. Like, what makes you decide to do that? What drives you to do that? Uh, Or what is recommended sometimes by your lawyer or your accountant to do that? Because a lot of the time, that's where it comes, is they'll recommend that, hey, maybe now we should look at incorporating. Or you might have been talking to somebody, and I get these questions a lot, like, should I be incorporating? Uh, My friend's incorporated, or I was told I should incorporate, and we look at it and say, yeah let's see if it works now. the spoiler alert before we go to break is uh there is not one good solid answer. This is not a an easy math formula that says when you reach this point, you must incorporate it's not easy like that. it's not a straight line, so that's why it makes a lot of fun in business because you have a lot of control and you get to really make up when you want to do things, how fast you want to advance, where you want to advance, what structure you want to go into. So for somebody like Jeff Bezos, who said, I'm starting in my basement, and I'm going to sell books online, I'm going to call this company Amazon, to now I'm going to have a Prime membership. I'm going to have partnerships, and people are going to sell businesses, their stuff from their businesses that have nothing to do with me on my platform. That's his growth. And I'm his growth to buy whole foods, and his growth to have his own couriers, and delivery, and, and drones, and that's that's his growth and we might not all be on that pattern. But if you are, you can do it, absolutely. So let's go to our second break of the night, and we come back, we'll talk about incorporations. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with myself, Kathy Noble, and we'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. So we have been tackling incorporation. Some people would think that was a very dry and boring topic, but I think it's very exciting and fun because we can pick and choose what we want for our business. We can pick and choose how we want to grow, and we can pick and choose when we want to grow and how we want to expand. So when we talk about incorporation, remember, we started from a sole proprietor or uh, if you want to call yourself an independent contractor or uh, a solopreneur, I've heard all kinds of terms, but the legal term, you're a sole proprietor. You started a business and you had a vision and it's going well and you're enjoying what you're doing and you're growing and you're adding in sales, which is, of course, the purpose of all businesses to increase their sales and make money, right? So everything's going according to plan. And they come across this thing and you think, what is incorporation? Should I be doing this? What makes me a corporate? corporate person or a corporation so when we start looking into it why would you want to do it what's the cost to doing it now people ask me because we do them and we do them for businesses all the time and one of the things i, I like to tell people is it's not about the cost to set it up because it's a one-time cost it's gonna cost you a few hundred bucks we're set up in a corporation and there you have it Because so there's gonna be ongoing costs because now you've just created A new person, remember? This is the baby. It's a new baby. So now it's got to eat its own food. It's got to grow at its own pace. It's got to pay its own bills eventually. So now you created another person, essentially, right? So your corporation now is uh, a legal entity. Now it files its own taxes, which means there's a cost to that. So you're going to pay a little bit more. And corporations typically are higher. Um, pay for filing taxes and a personal tax return because there's a little bit more work to them. And that's one of the things that's going to change. It's going to need its own insurance. It's going to have its own commercial liability insurance or it's going to have different errors and emissions insurance. It's going to have whatever kind of business you have. It's going to have its own costs. So there's the one-time cost to set it up because the baby can only be born once. So there's the one-time cost to set it up but then there's the ongoing costs. And we know that kids can be an ongoing cost. So that's the same with your corporation. There's going to be annual fees for filing. There's going to be um, insurance needs. There's going to be taxes that need to be paid inside of the company. Now, why would we want to do this? Well, one of the main reasons that people like to incorporate is for the liability protection. So yes, you're going to have your own insurance in the corporation, but now it's all on, the, all on the company. So if anything happens and you get sued or you make a mistake in your business or whatever the case may be, then that is who gets named in the liability, not you personally. That's typically how it works. That's mainly why people do it. Now, The other thing that people like is the taxes are different. So now you're charging, you probably hear a lot about this on the news. They talk about the marginal tax rate or the corporate tax rate. And there's a lot of talk about lowering the corporate tax rate and it's good on businesses and all that stuff, all true statements in economics. And the reason you look at it is because the corporate tax rate is typically, and I say typically because it it is right now, it definitely is, lower than the marginal tax rate on a personal income tax. So what does that mean? That means if you're if you're taxed at a corporate tax rate, you're taxed lower than if you're taxed personally. So that means you pay less tax than you would normally. Now, is that people get excited? Is that fair? Is it not fair? Well, the reason for it, it's not about whether it's in my mind. It's not about whether it's fair or not. It, it what what is logical and why does why does that happen? Well, the reason the corporations are taxed at a lower tax rate is typically they have more money coming through the corporation than a person does. So if a company makes a million dollars a year in sales and has seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in expenses, then they've made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in profit. That means they're gonna pay tax on all two hundred and fifty thousand. So we as an individual, if we make if we make a million dollars a year, there's Typically, we're going to not be fluctuating a lot. We're not going to make a million this year and 10 million next year. That's tough to do. But um, in a corporation, they have marketing and they have people that they employ and they have strategies that they implement. And that's exactly what they do is they grow and they grow and they grow and the sales can grow. We've all seen Dragon's Den or Shark Tank if you're in the U.S. We've all seen those where they always want to know what your growth trajectory is, what your numbers are. Because then you can see that they're growing, first of all, of course. (laughs) Um, Then what happens is we can see that they're also going to be profitable, which means they're going to pay taxes. So you, you started the corporation. This is your baby, right? And now the corporation, all the sales go through the company. They don't go through you anymore. So it's not like it is right now as a sole proprietor. Everything goes on your personal taxes and everything, expenses and revenues. And then at the end, you pay whatever the marginal tax rate is. So if you made $250,000, for example, then you would be paying at the highest marginal tax rate, which is close to 50% in Canada. Now, if you are are the owner of the corporation, remember, we just started this, and now all the sales are going through the corporation. So say the marginal tax rate with your corporation, you're paying 15%. But you get paid from your company. You might get paid, you might pay yourself on a salary as an employee $50,000 a year. So you're going to claim and you're going to be treated like an employee of that company and you're going to get your your tax forms at that time and it's going to say you made $50,000. And that is what you're going to report as your income now on your tax returns as your personal income. Because all of the sales have gone through the company, you're now an employee of the corporation. so. Now, just to throw a little bit of a exciting wrench in there, as the owner of the company, you can also do dividends. You can also get paid dividends because you are the only shareholder or potentially the only shareholder. There might be more. So you could get paid dividends of the company, which come out of the profits. And that's part of your tax planning because that's typically at a lower tax rate. So these are things you talk to your accountant about and or your financial advisor but typically your accountant and they talk about your tax strategy to say okay we're going to do it this way so you're going to pay less tax which means more money gets reinvested in the company or more money stays in your family and that means you can have more money to go on your vacation or fix your car or buy a car send your kids to school whatever the case may be so that's one of the big reasons that people like to incorporate is because of the taxes and it's a huge huge issue quite frankly that we talk about is Taxes and liability are two of the biggest reasons that people incorporate. There's lots of other reasons, though. There's a psychological reason that people incorporate. They like the idea of having it separate, having it their own business. It's easier to sell when it's incorporated, so if you're thinking that um, you've started your craft business, like I used in the example before the break, you started a craft business and it's grown and grown and grown, it's a lot easier to sell that business because you're selling the shares and saying, hey, now you're taking my, you know, craft business incorporated and I'm going to sell it to somebody else. It's clean. It's easy. This is what my numbers are. I can see the revenue and the expenses that are related to the company because if it's a sole proprietor, then remember your tax return is one tax return that gets done personally. And it's really difficult. You have not, it's not impossible for sure, but it's more difficult because everything goes through your personal taxes. That includes your medical expense deductions, your charitable tax receipt deductions, all your personal stuff. So if you're trying to sell that business because it's doing well and you want to retire or you don't want to do it anymore, whatever the reason, then it's a little bit easier to value the business when you say, Hey, it's incorporated. You're buying the shares. Here it is. Sign it over and it's a lot smoother and a lot easier. So there's many, many, many reasons why people would want to incorporate. There's also many reasons why they don't. Maybe their sales aren't much, very much and they can't afford to pay the corporate um, tax filing, or maybe they can't afford to have the separate, you know, there's the insurance now that it has to be in corporations' name. And most things for corporations, you'll know, are are higher charged than they are personally. So, for example, if you have a membership in something, um, they, they'll they say it's a personal membership for this amount of money or it's a corporate membership and it's usually more money. So anything that's incorporated usually, and I'm not saying this is always the case, I'm just saying you start to look at it now and you'll see that this is the corporate rate and this is the personal rate and it's usually more money. Now, having said that, it's also 100% an expense to that company and it's going to be taxed um, presumably at a lower tax rate. So there's a lot of reasons uh, that you would do certain things. It's like in Ontario. We have something called the HST, the Harmonized Sales Tax. You're not required as a business to charge HST until certain things happen. And one of those things is you start, you hit a threshold called $30,000 in sales. So as soon as you hit $30,000 in sales, you have to charge HST. Now, do, does everybody wait until they hit $30,000? No, of course not. There's reasons why they don't. Some of those reasons are um, same, very similar reasons why you would also incorporate. You want to look like a bigger entity. So if you're talking to someone a sole, or a solepreneur or a sole proprietor, then that, that you're talking to a corporation, it's implied that you're bigger or you have more resources. If you're a corporation, people think companies are bigger. It's the same with HST. If you're charging HST, people think that you might have bigger sales, higher sales, because you have to be over 30000 to charge. H- you have to be charging HST if you're over 30000 But you can choose to charge HST if you're only making 20000 But you can give that illusion to people if you want to look bigger that you're charging HST because um, they might think, well, obviously, if you're charging HST, then you've hit that threshold. So you may make yourself look bigger if you're trying to compete for bigger contracts. The same thing is if... And, and that HST is, is, is a tax. That's what it is. So if you go in and you buy something in in Ontario and you see plus HST is 13%. So if you go in and you buy uh, dinner, then it charges HST. It's a sales tax. So those are some of the things that you consider when you're going to incorporate or going to to become an HST registrant. Now, some of the other things that you look at are obviously um, – if you're gonna be applying, for example, you want to apply for government funding or you want to apply for um different programs that require or you want to apply to be a provider for a certain companies certain other companies or for the government. They re- they a lot of those, most of those, require you to be incorporated. So that's another reason why I've seen people incorporate is because they want to go after government contracts and be able to support them, but they have to be incorporated. Or they want to apply for government funding to expand, or they want to apply for government funding to hire somebody, and they have to be incorporated. So those are some of the other reasons that people, they're not necessarily, I mean, they ultimately, you know me, I think everything eventually leads to dollars and cents. And in this case, it it can lead to dollars and cents, but it's not necessarily about the dollars and cents. Sometimes psychologically you want to appear bigger or you want to appear more competitive by being a corporation or you want to have the liability, which is also a dollars. It can be a dollars issue if you have that problem, but uh, it's also psychologically you feel more comfortable knowing that you're not personally responsible if something were to happen. So there's a lot of reasons to incorporate, not just dollars and cents. So we are up to our last break of the night, and we're going to come back and wrap up our conversation about companies and corporations and all that cool stuff. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble. So stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we have been talking about incorporating your business. Do I, don't I, should I, when should I? And the when should I is the last part of it. So when we've talked about all the other pieces of whether we psychologically want to do it, whether financially it makes sense to afford to do it, uh, there's the initial cost to do it, but there's also the continuing costs that go with it. now, this is my opinion. Again, I if you want to if you're going to consider incorporating, see, speak to an accountant or a lawyer, but um I can give you my opinion on it. I like to incorporate if I'm starting a business early because it gives you um in a lot of cases it gives you a professional image to new customers, suppliers or investors. You don't sound brand new if you're incorporated as you do as a sole proprietor. Uh, You sound bigger and it sometimes gives you a little bit of an edge because it makes you seem, if you're dealing with other corporations, it makes you seem more equal to them. It's also easier in a lot of cases to get financing or funding from uh, lenders like we talked about or banks or government programs or whatever it is. Obviously, I, I love the idea of the tax advantages and the limited liability protection. That's a huge one. Um, one of the things, and, and it's like that from the beginning. So you don't have to worry if you incorporate earlier on that whether or not you're protected or whether or not, um, you're going to be paying higher taxes. Like maybe you land a huge sale and you're a sole proprietor and not paying it on your personal tax, marginal tax rate instead of your corporate tax rate. So if you're, I always like to think to start early and that's how I have been, uh, that's how I did it with my practice when I started all those years ago. Um, just because I, I like the idea of a lot of the protections in there. Um, you might want to establish a business, uh, incorporate early to establish the interests among other founders because there might be more than one. It could be um, a husband-wife partnership or whatever the case is that is going to go into business. You might also be um, owning intellectual property like copyrights, trademarks, patents, depending on what kind of business you're in And you want to have some protections with that because then if it's owned by the company, you know very clearly who owns it versus if it's owned by a sole proprietor or a partnership, it could have been my idea and it was my patent or my trademark and you came up to try and steal it from me. It's hard to prove, but in a corporation, we know the company owns it. Um, It might be recommended and I, I feel it would be, but again, It's always up to the individual because everybody's different, remember, but it could be much more advantageous to be incorporated before hiring people because if we hire people uh, as a sole proprietor, then we are responsible if there's any issues in labor law or labor disputes versus the company, it's very clear who the boss is and very clear that we follow all the labor laws of that um, particular province or state. Um, before we're going to add partners or co-owners, it's a good idea to incorporate so that we can clearly find who gets what and when and how and where. And, of course, are there any downsides? Well, it could be if you incorporate early on and you don't have the sales to support it, it could be more expensive um, because of the fees that you have to pay out plus you have to pay the fees for having the company every year, year after year, and reporting because it all has to get reported. There could be fees and there will be fees if you decide to dissolve it because the company doesn't do well. So, yep, for sure there's a risk with taking on um, the incorporation too soon. But I think it's got to be part of your business plan. And for people who are interested in whether they should incorporate, look at your plan and say, "Um, where am I going with this? What's my expectations what do i want to be doing with my company where do i want my company to go if um i'm am i planning on growing am i planning on hiring people am i planning on maybe bringing on a partner or having people become investors where they can own part of the equity in the business is if these are all questions that you are going to want to ask yourself But if these are all questions you answer and say yeah i am going to be doing this then then it makes sense to incorporate early on and those are just some of the ideas with incorporation, there's just a total list of um, do you, don't you, when do you, and who does it for you. We haven't even talked about that. You can do incorporations yourself, but um, you know you can get a lawyer to do it. Obviously, that seems to be the default that people go to. It's more expensive. Uh, in my experience, what I've seen, it's a lot more expensive if a lawyer does it than if a firm like mine does it or if you do it yourself. So there's there's no rule saying that you can't do your own corporation. You absolutely can. But it just you just have to go through all the levels of regulation and make sure you follow them and get incorporated correctly. Um absolutely you can do it. Um you can also get someone to help you. You could hire somebody or you could just simply turn it over to someone like um a a firm like mine or a firm like a lawyer's firm. So that is incorporation in a nutshell. And if you have any questions or you're looking for other topics or you have a burning question, like I mentioned before, please send it in. And, and if it's a burning question that you have for a different topic and is a completely different arena, send it to that host because they're always happy and excited to get um, questions. If it's a parenting question, send it to Mary. If it's a coaching question, send it to Christine's show. Like there's just so many uh, opportunities here at the Inspired Choices Network and we're always excited to talk to people and help in whatever way we possibly can make your life better for you. So just remember your finances, like every other part of your life, are yours and yours alone. And you are certainly able to understand them and make the decisions that are best for you for your finances. And you're certainly able to grow your finances in a way that is comfortable and happy for you because you have that control. You've always got that control. And I see that every day when I talk to people uh, in my office where they're confused or they just need a little bit of help or a little bit of guidance. And then they know where they want to go. They just need a little bit of help to get there. So don't be afraid to reach out to financial advisors, accountants, lawyers. Ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions that are specific for you because it's all about you. That's what I uh, I uh always tell people. It's all about you. It's about you. It's about your goals, your finances, your investments. So always take control of that and be grateful that you are able to do that because you certainly can. Thank you so much for joining us again here on Financially Speaking. We'll be back next week. We'll conquer more financial topics, send in any questions or ideas or recommendations, and and I will continue to tackle those for you. And we'll be right back, same time, next week in the same spot on the Inspired Choices work. And we will talk to you then.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.